Another show, oh, pre-match, Muti. Yes, Mosa, everyone can hear you. You were talking while the intro was going, so that was good. We've got the usual suspects. We've got T-Rex, Nick, or AKA the Jonas brother, all the way from, from the Toon Army. We have Silo, Ashley Young's uglier brother. We've got Hammerhead, Rich in the house. And then we've got Gunnosaurus's backup, the Dengasaurus, who, by the way, looks like he's got a new team up there. Inter Milan is, seems like uh, it's his backup based on the performances of Arsenal. Hey, that's, his, that's his Champions League team, guys. That's his Champions League team. No. He has no team supporting the Champions League this season, so he had to, he had to switch. Uh, as long as no one else has another B team here, because this show at the moment is just about the Premier League, not about Serie A or La Liga or anything else like that. What's happening? We can't hear you. A, a true and true fan, you know? Wait, can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah, sorry. So what I was saying is... Um, <laughs> can you hear me now, though? Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm just saying that this is definitely for the good of the Premier League. Um, I heard rumours now this week that... Uh, um, but hopefully they're not rumours. Um, that Shaka was linked to do a swap with Ericsson um, at Inter. So <laughs> if, if he moves, I'll support him 100% in that move. <laughs> Oh, I um, I and that's see like it. that's that's why I see I've got that uh, the inter shirt behind me. So that's just for Shaka, and just to you know give him some support to move there and let him uh, know so that I'll be with him. Give a little welcome that's there to Scott. You pointed out something valid, valid. Yeah, Nick's only joining us because his dad cancelled him on Tuesday. Oh, cancelled <laughs> on him tonight, rather. That's why he's available. So Thanks for joining us. Pick a date. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's a great segue, guys. Let's let's just jump straight into it. Newcastle, Chelsea. Nick, oh, Mosa, guys, this is, this is going to be a decent game. Speak about it. Let's let's hear your thoughts. Um, I think I tweeted this earlier. I'm 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 optimistic, quietly optimistic. I I just I just I look at the record that Chelsea have traveling up north, and they tend to struggle, and they've had some really good sides in the last couple of years and it's never been easy for them. <clears throat> I think they've won probably one out of the last five or six up there in the Premier League. Uh, so it's never easy traveling up and it seems as though whenever they travel up to us, they, they, they sort of stumble. Um, but they are looking in form. I don't think they've lost in six. So it is going to be a tough challenge, especially with the likes of Steve Bruce and the lads. Um, we... It is notable that we have had Rafa Benitez the last time we've we've actually played them um, and we've been successful. Although we did all right uh, last year with a very smash and grab sort of win with Steve Bruce against um, against Chelsea, we had a I think fourteen percent possession and we still won the game somehow. Um, so if we if we can if we can emulate anything like that, um, I'll be delighted. Um, but something notable uh, that's just come out in um, in the news today is the Premier League, the dirty, dirty Premier League. And I think we spoke about this a couple of uh, couple of weeks ago. And um, uh-huh. they've actually they're in a legal battle with Mike Ashley 
and uh, they today uh, leaked um, confidential uh, sort of, um, what do you call it, Co confidential evidence uh, to a supporters group that's actually suing the Premier League themselves and taking them to the co uh, competition uh, tribunal for obviously the, the takeover that never went through. So now Mike mm -hmm. Ashley is suing them. Um, they've got the supporters group suing them uh, because it was breach of contract and breach of sort of confidentiality terms that they've had. So the Premier League are, are having to, to sort out their own issues while uh, new, some would say Newcastle are looking quite strong with pushing ahead with maybe getting this takeover. So I'm quietly optimistic on that front. And if we can get a win this week, uh, we'll be even more delighted. <laughs> you, have, you, have a, you have a desperate for this takeover, hey? Very desperate. Very, like, very desperate. Like, uh, do you guys you would be if you had an owner like mine. Trust me. Yeah, but your owner is a cheapskate. Yeah, he's a billionaire Nick and, cheapskate. Nick and I can relate a little bit. Yeah. So yeah, for, for, for uh, more reasons than one, I suppose the, you guys are fighting for relegation, terrible owners. Anyway, but the conversation though, I like what you're speaking big, about. Big Nick. stadiums, got, yeah. Yeah, stadiums, big fan base. Um, Nick, so interesting question. I know you've brought up in this, this whole takeover sort of scenario. I, I mean, this has been going for a while and I, I know it's, it's come to light this week, but I think this also popped again, popped up like three weeks ago. So it's a very interesting yeah. thing. I mean, what is the, the likely outcome if they are managed, if they do sue them? What, what happens in this scenario? So I, read, I read the formal letter that this group actually sent through to the, the Premier League and they, they were demanding answers. They're saying, well, let the court decide because there's obviously a, con a competition court that they've got in, and I, for lack of better words, or if I'm not actually right, saying this, the right terminology, forgive me, but they're taking them to the con competition tribunal to stay to, to state and, and ask the question, why is why was the takeover never, ever, um, why was no answer given? Um, and then sort of lying to the fans by saying the Saudis pulled out when they categorically came out afterwards and said, no, they waited and waited and waited. And the prolonged process was there to pull out. They had to go and put their interest somewhere else. So ultimately, if the law is the law and if, you know, everything... Um, is is what it should be. I think there should be a positive outcome for the Newcastle fans, and I think I think the focus for the fans are there because if we can stay up and we can potentially get bought in the next twelve months, there might be a silver lining after all of this. Um, so I think off the field matters are quite exciting for us, and I think there was a glimmer of hope today. Um, and I think everyone's Mike Ashley's fan now because Mike Ashley's got the got the lawyers that City had when he got them out of, uh, well, those lawyers got City out of the UEFA ban. So, <laughs> Sorry, I heard Titi. I was like, please, what kind of lawyers is... is after, after playing Chelsea. I thought I trust Mike Ashley to have his lawyers playing around in the titty bar. I thought that's what you were saying there. Sorry, <laughs> no, no, no. So he's got, City's, he's got City's lawyers. So I think the legal teams on both fronts are quite strong and the Premier League have answers uh, to give. And... Unfortunately, what they've done in the last couple of the last couple of or what was was weeks when they tried to formulate the six team um, or the big six taking control of the league, I think a lot of things are being exposed, and it's a little bit unfortunate. Um, but yeah, what can we do? It, it is what it is.
But it was a strange one because I remember seeing on Sky Sports there was so much momentum about this takeover and it was so close to going through. And then, as you say, it just went very quiet, very suddenly. And I'm, I'm not surprised that fans are demanding answers because at one point I remember seeing that it was as good as done and yeah. then suddenly it just kind of disappeared into thin air. So I'm not so surprised. The letter, so the letter actually speaks about that and all the, all the different moments from April from what actually transpired and, and and the Premier League not really giving any anything away but you talk about mainstream media versus specific uh, northeast media and I watch Sky Sports tonight I think they gave that that headline at I think 45 minutes into their hour segment so for me mainstream media you talk about CNN back in a Biden in this whole election and it was it's quite it's quite hectic how sort of for Biden they are you'd say the Premier League have Sky Sports in their palm, and they report on based on what they want them to report on. Because this yeah. news in the northeast for Newcastle fans is huge, and if you go on Twitter, that's all they're talking about. But Sky Sports are giving they literally gave it a 15 second uh, talk mm -hmm. about uh, a 15 second segment where they said Mike Ashley is looking at at, at um, instituting legal action because they breached confidentiality confidentiality terms so it is all a little bit strange and uh, I am a little bit worried um, as to how powerful the Premier League can be but if the law is what the law is uh, justice should be served uh, I would like to think justice being yeah. what exactly let me know if you that. can hear me well an answer an answer first and foremost as to why the takeover wasn't wasn't approved um, and answering why um, if it is no, what is what is what is the reasons for that? Um, and then ultimately, a positive outcome for us would be that they actually allow allow the takeover to go ahead. Fair enough, Nick. And I, and I hope for your sake that it happens, and for the rest of the Toon Army, because it's been a, a long struggle over the years, and we've actually had enough of that shit, to be honest. So we, we need yeah. we need Uni Newcastle United to be the real United again. Hey, Celo. Um, Mosa, talk to me about. No, no, no. They're the biggest team in the, in the Northeast. Yes, we need the biggest team in the Northeast to be, to be there. Yes. Let's, let's get that on record, please. The biggest team in the Northeast, not the biggest United, please. Um, talk, talking about takeovers, and we're talking about a take, takeover happening in Newcastle, and that's going to be the one that we're all assuming is going to be the blue shirts all over, all over the, the field. This. And Mosa, Nick is, Nicholas Killas is super happy to have you here today. So please give us your thoughts in terms of what's going to happen in this game. What's happening, Musa? <laughs> or don't. Is Apparently, is Musa's cool? struggling there. He's just the pretty face. And we always knew that. Let's be honest, guys. His yeah. football What's facts that? are pretty low. Musa, Musa yeah, I think, he's, I think he's struggling. But I mean, I think, I think, I think ultimately... Ultimately, it's going to be an uphill battle for Newcastle, and I think if if we're going to get anything out of it, we're going to have to sort of we're going to. I think he's going to stick Steve Bruce with his with his five at the back and try and hold out. I I heard uh, Frank Lampard speak about the game now. He's a little bit concerned. There's a lot of a lot of his players only returned today. Some haven't even returned. They're returning this evening, and um, unfortunately for them, they all have to do their COVID tests. And you've seen, I mean, if, if any, any of the, the players come back with a positive test, um, they, we, they've got a midday mid kickoff in the UK. Um, they might struggle to, to, to bring some of their big stars if they are, if they are positive. Um, I know Havertz is, I think it's Havertz is out. Um, Pulisic is still out. And um, he just said Thiago Silva won't make the, 
Thiago Silva won't make the squad uh, because you know, of the you know, lengthy you know, trip from Brazil. You know, you know the thing is, huh. is that, for instance, that the Brazilians came back. They're playing Wednesday early hours in 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 say UK time, but um, was huh. true right in, in in South America. They back. They got back last night. Um, oh, Alex, Alex, yeah. Alex Telles was training for Man United today, um, and yeah. Thiago. Maybe because Thiago is a pensioner, 36 years old, he needs a bit more time. To recover. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but guys, that's, that's true, guys. Uh, Frank. So Frank. Frank actually said a bit of time, just you know. <laughs> Frank actually said in a live press conference that he had just got a text from uh, Thiago Silva saying that he's just landed. So maybe they were on different flights, or he was maybe given a bit more time. But he's he has been he has been told that uh, he did. Frank did say that he won't make the squad this week yeah. unless he's unless that was just a tactic to maybe to maybe sidetrack Steve Bruce. But it doesn't take much sidetracking for him. You, you know, you know, you know, you know what's interesting with with that whole traveling thing is that I remember there was uh, a few years back, man. I remember uh, there was a a chartered plane, right, hired by Man City and Liverpool, right, to fly back um, Aguero and Firmino. Um, the cost to fly back these South American players to fly them back as soon as possible, and Allison, yeah, and Allison to fly them back, to, and Edison to fly them back to 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 the UK. It's they should do the same, you know. what I mean, you know, get a plane. As soon as they're done with their match, wherever, whichever country they're playing in, whether they were playing away from Brazil or, or at home in Brazil, within an hour, get on that plane, fly back to the UK, and and obviously make, make sure that 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 obviously the, the the time between that they come back and and between the next game is quite short, you know. So I think they should they should have done that in this instance. Brazil's got lots of European players. Um, it's got an Aston Villa player, Dev, uh, which is quite shocking. He starts for he starts for Brazil, the Aston Villa. Uh, Douglas uh, Luiz starts for, for Brazil. Um, they've got Allen, um, Richarlison started, Gabriel Jesus started, and Firmino started, and Thiago Silva started. All these guys started. Edison was the keeper. You know what I mean? They should be organizing like a little charter flight back for these guys uh, so that they can be ready for the game. You know what I mean? Um, because it's quite important for these players to be in the team. And Thiago Silva out, that gives Callum Wilson a chance, man. You know? Um, yeah. A, who will play with Zuma? A Rudiger, you know, Rudiger is still hurting from losing 6 0 against Spain. So, yeah, you guys could keep the gates against, against Chelsea. I think with the, the lucky packet that we are, um, and I mean, we do tend to win, win some, lose some, and then, you know, maybe a draw one or two here and there. We might, like you said, take advantage of that. You know, Callum Wilson in form. Um, and, you know, I think for Chelsea, it's probably the worst time the international break could have come because they had so much momentum. And with sending so many in internationals out, he's only going to have one or two days to get them together, sort of do a, do a, a short sort of a shadow session where they'll maybe go through a few patterns of play, a couple of phases of play, and then that's them on a plane up to the northeast. So I think it's probably the worst worst way to, to, to start, uh, travel as far north as possible to go play a game. When you'll get your players are only returning um, as recent as today for some of them. So if there was a chance to to get something, I think today might be it. Fortunately for Newcastle, we don't have that many internationals, so they shouldn't have COVID. Um, they yeah. should all be because uh, I think they in, they in lockdown currently. 
Um, but uh, thanks, Musa. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't put it past Callum Wilson uh, nicking, nicking, nicking the winner. So did you yeah, see you know Nicholas, what? Nicholas's comment there? Like, I, I think you missed it, eh? Which one? Who, what did it say? Trevor Silva's close to. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's a it's, a it's a personal joke, but Nico Killas knows he's the he was uh, always overage playing football for for all his uh, youth teams. So he even played for the 21 Cyprus national team, but he was overage then as well. He was about 25. Uh, to be fair, <laughs> Greeks have a beard when they're like eight years old. He doesn't know if he's Greek or Cypriot. He doesn't even know. <laughs> yeah, either way, they, they begin shaving when they're eight. They take after a certain member in the family. I'm not going to say who. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, moving along, though, like one of the interesting points that you did mention, Nick, was like the whole traveling thing, especially and you, Celo, you guys talking about them coming from a far distance and now they've still got to go far north. And especially when we talk about how pampered the players in London are, generally speaking. I think this yeah. might be, if, if, if Moss's um, broken connection is anything to go by tonight in terms of what happens on Sunday, I think they might be disconnected on the weekend. So fair enough, fair point to what, what you're saying, Nick. Um, but moving along to the Spurs-Man City game, guys. Matt wasn't able to make it today, but I feel like there's a big announcement that came out of the, uh, the newsroom today, and that was Pep Guardiola signing or renewing his contract for another two years. Is this the boost yeah. for this weekend's game? Sure. Uh, I don't know. I don't think. I don't think it'll make much of, of a difference. To be honest with you, um, I think. I, I just felt like for me, I've always. I feel like Man City. They've already. They've got this thing where they want to win. And I think Pep himself. He wants to win the Champions League with, uh, with Man City. And I, and I think that's for him is probably another reason. Probably not. Probably the the, the main reason, but. Probably one of the reasons why he's probably stayed a bit longer as well is he—it's it's something he, he's, he's that kind of person. He achieves what he wants to get, and then he moves on. As we've seen it from the previous ones, and this one has been eluding him. This Champions League with Man City, yeah. and you can see this. I mean, we—we we did speak about it before in terms of—I uh, think it was Kevin De Bruyne when he sort of not didn't vent, but you could—I uh, I think he commented yeah. on one comment when he was uh, when he said it was a uh, same same thing same every season. Year. Yeah, same thing, different. Yeah, so for, I don't know for him, for player like Depena, what is he thinking? Is, is it is it really a nice thing that he signed for longer, or you know, that's that's yeah. So I don't think for me, it's not going. I don't think it will make much of a difference. I, th- I, I think Guardiola wants to prove a point. He wants to prove a point. Do you know what I mean? He's a yeah. It's what it's six, seven years, you know, um, at at Man City and Bayern Munich, where he hasn't won a Champions League. Um, whereas at, at Barcelona, he won two Champions Leagues, and you know. Legacy will always be, um, or if he left, for instance, will, will always be that you didn't win the Champions League with the other two clubs, you know. Um, but Jose Marie, for instance, won it with Porto and, and Inter Milan, um, you know. So I think he just wants to almost solidify his legacy, you know, somewhat. So also by solidifying his legacy would be, for instance, to win back the title from Liverpool. That 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 will solidify his legacy because um, at Barcelona, Mourinho won the league. In his final season, and he left, and he was stressed. Um, so now, where he's losing a title, and I think he wants to win it back, and the Champions League factor still still hanging over his head. I think it might give a bit of a boost, some stability to the team. Um, they started the season off a bit slowly, uh, but I think the Champions League performance so far 
has been quite good. And then the, the performance against Liverpool was quite good as well. Um, it was, you know, head-to-head was, you know, they could have won uh, with the penalty. Um, so I think, you know, with what they've done this season um, in the last couple of games, I think he um, it, it will definitely boost them a little bit. Uh, with Spurs, oh man, you know, um, you know, Harry Kane hasn't scored for five games for England, which is which is um, unusual. But I think the system that that England plays doesn't suit Harry Kane um, as much as 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 a Tottenham. So I think obviously at Spurs will be will be back to normal, you know, with 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 his brother uh, Son Heung-ming um, and all the other. Guys. Uh, but but I think that. Uh, It'll be interesting, man. You know, Eric Dyer, man. I, I've never trusted Eric Dyer at the back. So, um, Gabriel Jesus could definitely take advantage of Eric Dyer. Yeah, man, uh, definitely. Yeah, I think Dyer, Dyer doesn't have the pace at the back. But one thing we don't know about Z- Z- uh, Jesus, Zezus, is that his touches go anywhere. So, depending on whether or not the, the wind is blowing in the right direction, you know, he might get on in, in on goal or he might be going facing the other way. Um, but talking about the whole, you know, what's interesting about this game is we've got the, the Mourinho. Pep Guardiola matchup. Mourinho traditionally has a shocking record. I think he's only got five wins out of 17. Pep Guardiola dominating in terms of having 10 victories. That's double than what Mourinho has in terms of this fixture. And I feel like this is a good time for Mourinho. His, his team is higher up the log. We know that City are stuttering. And to what Wongo was saying, is this necessarily a good thing for City? You've got a, play, you've got a, a side in City seem like they've depleted a little bit. They're pretty much on the downward of the curve. The same as Liverpool, you could argue. I mean, there's a whole bunch of other things there. You could say you know, Champions League is the thing that's sticking out for Pep for staying, but you could also say it's the fact that he's competing against the likes of Jurgen Klopp and the likes of Mourinho. I mean, technically speaking, where else would a manager like Pep go right now when the Premier League is where it's at? If you want to be the best yeah. in the world, if you want to be the best manager in the world, you've got to do it here in the Premier League. And this is why I think Saturday's fixture is going to be so telling as to where these sides are at, and as to whether or not a Spurs has the, the, the potential to give a good run for the title. Um, Rich, what do you think about how they're going to be set up? How do you think they're going to, Pep Guardiola is going to counter moving inside on the weekend? I think this is a massive game for Pep because, I mean, if they lose this, there's a six point gap suddenly between them and the top after, after eight games, which for City would not be ideal at all. So I think Pep has really earmarked this one as, as a must-win. And to, as, as you've mentioned, he's he's got it over uh, Mourinho the last couple of games. So I think he's going to go hull for leather and just make sure that they're the better side on the day. They've got the better players, in my opinion. So, yeah, they've, they've got to back themselves to get a result because if, if it doesn't go their way, suddenly they're playing catch-up early on in the season. And, and another thing I wanted to bring up is, obviously, Pep signed a new deal now, but what is the mandate for him now? Is that is, is the mandate win, win Champions League? Because if he focuses on Champions League, you know, it takes his attention off Premier League and the gap just widens more and more and more. So what is his mandate? But I think this for Pep is a massive, massive game. You've got Ferran Torres playing unbelievably well at the moment. He'll look to get him involved. De Bruyne, as we know. And yeah, just try and make sure they get three points. I think he's going to be rattling the lads to make 100% sure they get a result. No true. No true. I think going back to Pep, um, and in terms of his signing a contract, I think it settled it settled the nerves around City. I think um, I think if there were murmurs of of worry amongst the sort of City fans, I mean, obviously we can't hear it or see it in the stands. I think I think fans were probably concerned whether or not he was going to sign that new contract. Obviously, the if you look at it, um, I mean, 
they've got the he's got a recipe to actually just jump ship now because he's actually he's had a really poor start. I think the poorest start he's ever had maybe in his in his career. So I think him signing is a statement of intent, um, and it and it is uh, Silo's right. You know, if they want to go and win the Champions League, um, you know, this is need to sign that long term deal, and he needs to rebuild what's sort of uh, missing for for that side and for that squad. Um, but what better way to to sort of celebrate your your new contract um, by playing Jose Mourinho, his arch rival, his arch nemesis, you know, um, maybe the sort of maybe not not his hardest opponent that he's actually had, but sort of the most controversial. I mean, they've had a lot of they've got a big history, um, and it's got it's got all the ingredients for a great great clash because Jose Mourinho will with the squad go hell for leather against against. Um, against the City squad that hasn't done so so well this season. Although, as we do know, you know, Mourinho's the the, the the master at this. He might even sit in and he might not go hell for leather. He might sit in and well, say, come at me. He and, will. You know, he will. Yeah, but if, if I mean, if I mean uh, you know, if there was an opportunity for Mourinho to get one up on, 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 on Pep, here it is. Mourinho's best teams always have these amazing wingers, um, the yeah. things probably probably in the league, um, and and are very good at counter attacking. You know what I mean? And that's and that's one thing that, that a human song um, and a, and a, and a, and, a, and a Harry Kane and a, let's say maybe a Lucas Moura, if if Bell doesn't start, for instance, you know those guys. Um, Son and, and Amura, the pace that they have is, is similar to what he had with like a, a Damien Duff and, and an Iron Robin, um, you know, um, a, a Cristiano Ronaldo, uh, Gonzalo Higuain mm-hmm. played on the wing as well for, for Madrid back then. He likes wingers. And literally, if a mistake from City loses the ball, he cuts it out. Um, the one thing that Dyer can do is, is a pass a ball at least. Or, or Alderweireld as well. It's quite a good long pass the ball. Um, Alderweireld can pass the ball, you know, probably one of the best passing centre-backs, pass it to a Son or pass it to a Kane and then boom, four touches the ball, you know, um, and, and, and um, Lloris's uh, distribution is also quite good. So I think he might sit back a bit, maybe the first half, um, and see how things go and then try catch them on the counter a bit. You know, as Mourinho is one of the best managers in terms of mind games and in terms of setting up against other teams, he thinks so, so, so hard. Um, you know, if you think about the fact that he lost to Pep 5-0 at the new Camp, then the next game, he didn't lose, obviously, by that, that large margin. You know, he got burnt by trying to attack and so forth. And I think he, he obviously learned from that. And it's, it's not, not the same, obviously, um, entity, um, to, to that Barca, but it obviously has similarities in terms of the position-based Tiki football. And I think he'll just um, try and sit deep a bit, um, initially contain them, and then obviously um, attack when he has an opportunity to do so. Yeah, and, and I know I've mentioned this before, and we've got James pretty much reiterating what Rich said in terms of what is the mandate for, for Pep Guardiola. And clearly, the thing, is that, the thing that they are after is the Champions League. But what I like about when we're looking at this game in particular, when you're looking at a Mourinho, when you're looking at a, at a Pep Guardiola and the context as to where everything is at, if you've got a Mourinho now, you slowly get the feeling that the players are buying into his methods. They're buying into what he's trying to do. And if you look at Pep Guardiola, I mean, I was talking to someone today online about they're in a stage of a rebuild. 
because you could argue that the players are so fatigued of his methodologies. So depending on what happens on the weekend, if they come out with this with a loss, I feel like it might be very detrimental. But at the same time, what, what Nick was saying was there was this cloud of uncertainty looming over the club. Is he staying? Isn't he staying? And you could argue that's also influenced their, their results of, of, recent, of the recent games. So it's going to be a telling game, and I'm super excited to see what's going to happen there or what's going to come out of that. But the next one that we've got is, is, is a game where, on paper, it should be an easy one. But we do know that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer loves choking. Manchester United versus West Brom. West Brom only have three points, guys. Three points, and that's not from a win. They've drawn three games, and they haven't won anything the whole season. And they're going to Old Trafford. This should surely, surely be a hands-down victory to Man United. Celo? Most of not sure, guys. I was going to say that they scored three goals against Chelsea, but... He's not <laughs> but yeah, Musa, um, West Brom scored three goals against Chelsea. Uh, but uh, yeah, man, I think Man United for this game... Um, they haven't won a game at uh, at home yet, um, so this is the the perfect um, game to to get that first victory at, at home. Um, but yeah, you never know what uh, what Solskjaer. Um, it'll be interesting to see what he, how he sets up. Um, there's some um, injury concerns. Uh, Martial had a bit of an injury against Portugal. Um, Lindelof also had a bit of an injury, um, and I don't even know why he actually ended up playing 65 minutes because he had an injury before the game. Uh, but he didn't want um, Sweden to get relegated into into the B section of the Nations League. So the stupid internationals uh, seemingly they mean something. Um, and then again, uh, another player, uh, Rashford, didn't play for England at all because uh, he had an injury against Everton. So it'll be interesting to see how Solskjaer sets up. Um, Fred um, is, wasn't with the Brazil team, so he's fresh. He's, he's ready to go. Um, so you might get... Uh, uh, what what they call now a McFred. Um, it's a, it's a, it sounds like a McDonald's meal. Um, so you might a McFred a McFred uh, starting together. It's a package deal, guys. Uh, they can't play without other. You might get a McFred a McFred playing together. Uh, but ideally, I don't want to see them playing together, man. I want to see Fred playing with uh, with, with Pogba. Uh, Pogba uh, showed his class. Um, kept things very simple for France. Kept things ticking over. Um, and just you know basically down for, for the French team but but also I feel that the way he plays for, for France it's more of knowing the setup uh, knowing the formation um, and knowing what's expected of him you know what I mean and I think with Man United you know after lockdown he did very well right but then now you go into this new season and then now you want to switch up okay cool he had COVID to start the season which wasn't good then you want to switch up things you should have went back to what helped you get to top four. You know what I mean? So Solskjaer as well, I blame him for not keeping with what was good for him um, post-lockdown, you know. Um, so we'll see what, what, what formation he, 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 he has. Uh, it'll be good to see Greenwood on, on the field as well. Um, a lot of bad things have been said in English media about Greenwood. Um, oh, did he, what did he do? He has, did he, nah, did he steal nah, the kid away? Nah, so, so the English media is quite rubbish. They bloody, they, they, they bloody shit. They actually bloody shit. But it's not. No, but I fucking, but I fucking, I fucking hate the English media actually because they always do this. Um, they did this to Raheem Sterling, um, and they now doing it to 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 Greenwood, and they're saying, um, is he the next Ravel Morrison? You know what I mean? That's bloody cock. You know I mean? uh, one, when he, one of his mates in the, the academy, uh, Man City Academy, had recently um, on. taken taken his own life. Yeah, exactly. so there's a lot so, for, for the youngster to be dealing with. It against 
against against Leipzig, he literally dedicated that goal to 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 the to the former Man City uh, youth youth player. So um, they're obviously coming up with coming out with stories. And Solskjaer actually asked Southgate, "Can you please not pick Greenwood?" Um, and also the under twenty ones, "Can you please not pick Greenwood at all?" So they actually you know may like to ask him not, for him to not be picked um, and and to and for him to stay with United during the international break, which he's done. Um, so I expect him to start um, this game uh, just to get his confidence back. And just to- <laughs> But but when he has played, he's looked good. Um, so it'll be good for him to to get some minutes. We'll see what happens in the game. Um, De Gea took a break on the international break. Um, didn't 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 play at all. So yeah, the team's ready to go. Um, Maguire had a good game, I think, for England yesterday. I watched the first half only. Um, he was playing, <laughs> I don't know, like a like a, a left wing back centre back type vibe. I don't even know what what kind of position he was playing. But he's but trying to lose he was weight. Trying to- he was playing as a left, he was playing as a left centre back. So you know the left centre back. Sometimes you go and support, but but he did very well um, for for <laughs> yesterday. Um, yeah. So yeah, so let's let let's see what happens. Uh, West Brom also, ah man, it's one of those teams, man. We we spoke about briefly. You guys spoke about that they that they are uh, running for relegation. So so Man United, uh, if we don't win, amen. Uh, Solsha needs to needs to resign. This, this is where you cash in because Billich is really, really struggling at West Brom. I've been watching them play. They've yeah. conceded the most goals in the league. They're struggling up top. They don't score. Um, they've got Carlon Grant playing up front who, who scored against Brighton, but they just, they're lacking an identity and there's not enough experienced grafters in their side. They've got some really, it just looks like they've got a lot of individuals that just don't know how to play under Billich. And he almost looks defeated already. You know, even when, yeah. when uh, towards the end of his reign at West Ham, you could tell by his body language, he looked defeated and he didn't really yeah. have a, a plan B. And and looking at him now at West Brom, he also, he looks void of ideas. And does, I think yeah. this is this is, this is a game for you guys to really cash in and, and score some goals. And and I think you guys can generally thump them. They're really, really, yeah. really struggling at the moment. Now, we need to take advantage. You're right. You're right. Uh, but the only, the only thing I actually thought of now is that um, our ex-youth product um, is their goalkeeper, um, Sam Johnston. So I think he's going to try and prove a point, obviously in goal, um, for obviously it's for possible. us, yeah. and keeping him as a as a future goalkeeper. Uh, yeah, up, and he, sorry, now I'm just funny because I'm just thinking, you know, shame if if West Ham and Bullich do manage to pull a result out of the hatcher. Where's Brom? Oh, sorry, sorry, yeah, sorry, <laughs> sorry. If, if if they do manage to pull a result out of the hat, you know, it's going to be a, <laughs> a face. Uh, a false sense of um, excitement, really. They're going to be like, yeah, we're back on it. We've, we've got three points against United, and they're probably going to get thumped the next week. You know how this happens in the Premier League with United. They love getting guys' chances there. They just they don't keep, like taking their own chances. They keep you honest in the Premier League, man. They keep you honest. <laughs> yeah. Um, Rich, we spoke, Wong and I spoke about this last week. We spoke about the relegation candidates, and we said, you know, Sheffield at the bottom because they can't be scoring goals. And the next game we're going to talk about is Sheffield and West Ham. West Ham, who have been somewhat erratic. Some games been very good, others not so good. But their results have been better than, than the usual seasons. So you surely have to be confident as well going into this game against the Sheffield, despite the fact that they are playing at home. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Sheffield United, just they can't buy goals at the moment. They're really, really struggling. And it's something we've seen a lot in the Premier League. You get this first season bounce when you get promoted. And then often that second season back, you really, really struggle. Teams figure out, um, they know what, what you're about and stuff. And as far as West Ham go, we've, 
yeah, we've had a decent season so far. I'm quite, I'm quite happy with, with the way we've played. Uh, we've had some really, really tough games so far this season and we've managed to get through those. So now we have a run of games coming up where we can really build momentum. And I think the Fulham game was really important last week to get those three points. It now sets us up nicely. If we beat Sheffield United, we go into the top eight and that's where West Ham want to be in the Premier League. So it's a real, real must-win game. In saying that, um, Chris Wilder's got them really well set up. Um, it's going to be really, really tough. Uh, away from home, it's not easy at Sheffield United. Um, we, we saw that last season where we lost. Um, I don't know if you guys remember that, the famous goal that we scored that was chalked off when Declan yeah. Rice handballed it on the halfway line and we went 50 metres and, and went and equalised. All our fans went mad and then it got disallowed. So I'm still, I'm still hurting from that and I'm just hoping that we can, we can get a result. Sheffield United fans historically hate West Ham because of when we signed Carlos Tevez and he, and he saved us and we relegated Sheffield United on the final day by beating United away from home. And they hate us ever since that day. So we, I'll hope, I hope we can get one over on them for sure. Yeah, I think arguably also for, for Sheffield United, they'll be looking at this. I mean, they're not playing, you know, one of the, the big boys, if you want to call it that. And, and if they're going to sort of start salvaging something from the season, you know, they might look at a West Ham that has been sort of up and down this season. Hopefully they can catch him on on a downer um, this weekend, and they can they can maybe get something. I think that's what Chris Wilder will be thinking. I mean, trying to motivate them so deep in that that sort of already a bit of a relegation battle might be might be uh, might be rather tough. And and I, I agree with with what you were saying, uh, Rich, about you know West Brom struggling for goals, but I mean uh, Sheffield United also. I know they've got they've got. Um, the, the boy from, from uh, Brewster. Yeah, yeah, Brewster. I mean, if you, if you, if you, I just don't, I just don't see it. I don't see them scoring enough goals this season. Um, it yeah. will be tricky for you um, away from home, but unfortunately, I mean, the the sort of fan aspect and the fans that you travel with would have made it a lot more difficult for for Sheffield United at home. So. I don't think it's an evenly matched game, but I think if there's an opportunity for uh, for Chris Wilder and his Sheffield United side to sort of get something on the board, I think it would be it would be this, um, and yeah. I could see maybe like a draw if if you know your West Ham if your West Ham team don't rock up, you know mm. your side's very similar to mine. You know you can rock up one week and next week they look like they've they've been on the piss the night before. Yeah. So uh, to be fair, to be fair, like, Nick, to be fair, it's, it's not only your side; it's also Arsenal and United as well. I think the, the yeah. rest of the side they're all looking the same from that perspective yeah. in terms of being inconsistent. Yeah, yeah. even a Liverpool. I think, yeah. I, I think I think West Ham have this one. I mean, especially. So some of the performances, I mean, arguably the the best one I think was against uh, Leicester, in my opinion. But I, I think I think if if you can if you can sort of maintain that sort of flow, um, I mean, if you if you rock up like you rocked up against our us on the first day, I think it was the first day of the season against Newcastle, yeah. then it's going to be a bit of a struggle. Um, so I think you guys are nice and organised. You guys look like uh, uh, David Moyes looks like he's he's got what he wants. Um, in terms of his system and, and how he wants his players firing. Um, so, I mean, you might just put another sort of a bit of misery back back in uh, the, the city of Sheffield and, and they might uh, might start pressing panic buttons um, because I still see them as a big relegation candidate. Yeah, 100%. Um, I think it's definitely... Oh, I'm sorry, just... sir. Noise. No, go ahead. No, I was, I was saying, um, you know, um, I was talking to Rich the other day. Um, I think it was after 
last week, Thursday's show, um, and then I saw that uh, Sebastian Heller had scored for, for his new country or his country that, that he's now gone back to. Um, he had scored for, 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 for Ivory Coast. 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 Yeah, he scored for Ivory Coast. Um, so do you think he's going he's gonna to start um, uh, while, the, while Claudio's favourite player in the Premier League is still injured? <laughs> yeah, no, he, he will. And, and right now it's a, it's a breaking point for, for Seb Haller because, you know, he came with a massive price tag a couple of seasons ago and he hasn't quite lived up to it. I still harvest hopes that he's going to do, you know, the business for us moving forward. But I just, I watch him week in, week out, and I just don't think he offers us near as much as Antonio does. And right now we are really, really missing Antonio up front. Just that man that can hold it up, that's got the pace, that's a constant battering ram. Unfortunately, with Haller, is he's good in the air, and that's kind of where it ends. As far as pace goes, he's not someone that's going to give defenders problems. But hopefully, you know, having moved to the Ivory Coast, changed his allegiances and scored on his debut, he might have confidence, and hopefully that can be a motivation for him to kick on in the Premier League because we're going to need it now. With Antonio out, we're a completely different side. But yeah, then another, yeah, yeah. who are the other attackers apart from? Because obviously you got you got Bowen, yeah. uh, and. It's for Nels. It's for Nels. Uh, for Nels is what a, a ten, number ten. Yeah, so, so it's the, the, that's a really interesting one. For Nels is a ten. When we bought him from La Liga, he was smashing it for Villarreal in, in a number ten role, smashing it for Spain under twenty ones in the Euros, and then Moyes brought him to West Ham and said, "Well, Pellegrini brought him to West Ham and Moyes played him out wide on the wing, where he's actually done decently well considering that he's a number ten." But I really feel like we not utilizing him to the best of his ability. For me, he's a number 10. That's where he should be playing. He's, he's really, really good in that position. Um, as far as moving forward goes, Haller's the only out-and-out striker we really have right now. Um, we could potentially play a false nine with Jared Bowen as, as our number nine. Where, for me, I think that would work even better. Then you've got some pacey wingers down either, either flank to help out. Because for me, we're dangerous, especially away from home, when we're playing on the counter-attack, we're playing little balls through, like what we did against Leicester, where we just tore them apart on the break. So it will be interesting to see. I don't think Moyes likes Haller, so we'll see how that goes. Freshman. Signings, you that, see, signing. Yeah. Sporting director, uh, uh, Claudio, sporting director, you remember what we were saying? Mm. Um, uh, what's this? Pellegrini signs uh, for now, and signs a uh, uh, Sebastian Heller. What happens? The new manager, David Moyes, comes in. David Moyes doesn't know how to handle some players, you know. David Moyes knows Leighton Baines, you know, he knows Stephen Pinar. Os, 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 he knows Osman. Elaine. He knows Osman. It's Stephen Pinar. Fellaini. You know, he knows yeah. like those type of yeah. players. Like a Ferguson. What, what's, yeah, those Ferguson. Yeah, that number nine for David. But Graveson, you know what I mean? You know, that, that's the kind of... Graveson played for Real Madrid. Hey, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was a top time. That's what that's what boys does. Boys gets confused now when he's got international players like Sebastian Heller, um, uh, Yarmolenko, um, you know, Fernals. He gets confused. He doesn't know what to do. A Lenzini doesn't know what to do. You know what I mean? Then he goes back to like safe options. You know, yeah, but you, you know, the, this is how kind of how it slowly transforms when you have a club like a West Ham that are rudderless in terms of their leadership. And they've got a manager who comes in saying, listen, you've bought all these shit guys. I'm not really happy with them. But I'm using what you've given me and I'm getting results. And that's when he starts slowly turning over the, the, the leadership. And then they start buying into his methods. And then all of a sudden the club goes, well, fuck, we don't need a sporting director. We're just going to go with David Moyes. And then you guys are going to sit mid-table for the next 30 years. But one thing, one thing West Ham do do, though, is they do. They, they kill all their signings before anything. 
They, they, they do do it because they tend to overspend on the players they bring in. So there's this big expectation on the guy coming in because they're like, shit, well, we've never heard of this guy before, but he's coming for 30, 40 million odd. So he has to be decent, right? Surely, surely. And then the poor guy comes in there, can't get a kick in because what? He first needs to get introduced to the Premier League. Instead of actually being smarter, like you said, with the, the, the guy they bought from the championship, Jared. Yeah, I feel like that's, that's, a smart, that's a smart signing because the player, he's got aspirations. He wants to make his name in the Premier League. He knows the, the championship, arguably, we all know this, is the toughest league in the world in terms of physical combat, at least what's left in terms of football. So signing players like that, maybe that's where West Ham should be altering their, their transfer policy you know, in terms of... You know, we were stupid with, with Haller. I mean, people forget that why he was so good at Eintracht Frankfurt is because he had Luka Jovic playing alongside him. That's the only reason why they had the season they did. Now we've brought him in and we've just played lump up balls to him, uh, played like a 4-5-1 formation and just left him up top alone where he's completely isolated, completely ineffective. If he he's had someone like yeah, so we were stupid. And I don't understand why someone would allow that to happen. You can't bring in a striker that needs a partner and chuck him in the Premier League and expect him to play well up top alone. You know, it's it's impossible. It happens too often. Premier League, Premier League team goes sign some very good player, um, the best player in a in a in a German, let's say a German number five, four, five, six, seven team in the in the league, and then they come to the Premier League. Like even Newcastle, Clinton, you know, Clinton was was doing well where he was, but then now you bring him to Newcastle. Don't play to his strengths. Then the fan base says, oh, flip, man, this guy's not worth 30 million pounds. Oh, what a waste. Oh, fuck, whatever, fuck, 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 fuck whatever. But are you guys playing two strings? No, this guy was playing for a number four, five, six, seven team in, in whatever league they're playing for. Come to Premier League, you play for a number 12 team that doesn't play attacking football. You know what I mean? And then now you get angry and then you're like, it's wasted money. To be fair, to be fair, we can't also ignore certain managers and what they do. If they inherit a team and they don't like players, they'll ice them out and they'll ice them out in certain ways, put them in positions that they know they're not going to be successful in and then slowly yeah. be like, look, the player's not, not producing, so we've got to move him out. So that's also something we need to take into consideration. The next one, though, overall, I'm getting the feeling that, um, that Richard's feeling confident, but we're going to talk about that in the predictions. Wonga, Denga. No, he's been very like, quiet. No, he's been very he's, quiet. He's, he's scared. Quiet. He's scared. That's why. Yeah, well, is he? <laughs> I don't know if he's scared as much as he's, he's ready to lay it on us. Leeds versus Arsenal. Nah. What do you think, Wongs? Yeah, so, geez, I mean, giving, giving Arsenal's performances, giving both teams' performances, I think the game is a, it's an open one, but... One, one would expect um, Arsenal to come on top at the end of the day. Or for, for me, I think I would expect my team to come on top. Um, Leeds also, they've got, uh, I think their coach, uh, Marcelo, was saying that, um, they, well, they said that he's only, he's never I lost three in a row. He's only lost, he's only, I think he's, he's only, he's never lost, he's lost two in a row, yes, but he's never lost three in a row. And now he's already on a two-loss streak. So against Arsenal, it'll be the third. But I've, every time I hear something like this, it always, it always gets broken. Well, most of the time I hear, ninety percent of the time I hear some record like it hasn't been beaten in so many years. That's the time. So I think for me that's a good, that's probably a good starting, that's a good starting point for me. Um, also, Arsenal. I think now our, our injury list. I mean, we're missing now. I think Kosenich is out because of COVID. Armini's gone because of COVID. Uh, Pote, they say he's probably going to start. They said, well, not probably, but there is a chance he, he probably, uh, that he will start. He didn't go. 
um, and play for Ghana during uh, the international international break. He was actually in London, um, still getting fit. So that's actually a good signing for us. And then the other guys like uh, Chambers, Mari, Martinelli. Um, I, I don't know about Nelson. Nelson's condition. Um, he should be getting. Should be doing all right now uh, because he was injured. I think it was two, two, three weeks ago. But yeah, the team. Um, it's it's not as it's not as bad. I think David Luiz as well, also also back as well. So I don't think injuries have hit us that much. And then he hasn't played much of the season as well. Um, he's only come out in the last. Yeah, but but he's uh, been he's last... been great for you guys since he's been back. Yes, and then he's been actually said... the difference you've had. But we lost uh, the last game. He was playing in. So yeah, but it's, still. It's <laughs> no, I, I get what you're saying, but I, what I'm saying is, I, think, I, I don't think he's the difference. You lost, lost he was playing. He was there, you know, uh, and that's that's the thing. Um, so I don't think he's, we'll, we'll see now coming this game if it really makes much of a difference. But, um, but longer, I, I want to ask about the whole thing with um, Obama Yang playing on on, on the wing, man. Um, yeah. You know, he he for Gabon. He was playing striker again as a number nine. Um, he scored one goal for Gabon, um, you know, in a, in, a, in a tough qualifier against Gambia. But you guys keep playing him on the wing. Obama, yeah, yeah. See, at, at you, but you, you know what, Selo? But what's interesting yeah, about that, Selo, is that it's yeah. not only Obama Yang. They're playing Tierney, who's the best cross of the ball as a holding centre-back or as a centre-back. They're yes. playing someone else also yes. out of position. Yes. There's like three or four yes. players. Yes. But he's, so, he's, he's turning decent players and he's pretty much... Asking them to plug some sort of gap because they're trying to get whatever idea he's trying to do. Sorry, Juh. Juh. Uh, yeah, I, I think if in in that respect, I may be wrong. Like, I obviously, have no insight to what Ted is thinking, but the way I see it is, you've got to keep a guy like like a Z happy. He's not. He's probably nah, one. Uh, when he was a yeah, no, think about it. He's he was like on the bench. finished, man. Finished that guy. Uh, yes, like hasn't got into the French team for the last five years, man. Why? Why do you have to yes. keep? Yes. Why do you have to keep? That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I said he had to. That's what I'm saying is that he's now trying to keep a guy like, like I said, happy. He's not played. Uh, Arsenal's always wanted to start, wanted to start, and now he's trying to keep that guy happy. Aubameyang, you can. You could have moved him to the wing. But for me, in my own opinion, I'm, I'm saying, in my own opinion, I'll play Aubameyang down the middle. But I'm saying, you know, Tietz's mind now, he's thinking, as a manager now, you've got to keep that guy happy. No, uh, you man, can move Aubameyang to the wing. But it's not working. What's best for the, the team? What's best for the working. team? Yeah, the best of the team is to play Aubameyang down the middle. No, I agree exactly. with you. No, I'm, I'm answering. I am just answering the question as why you play Atleta uh, Aubameyang down the wing. So that's the logic I can see in it. But I don't agree with it. The last, like Aubameyang is top three goal scorers in the Premier League for the last two, last two, uh, since he came to 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 Arsenal. Hundred yeah. percent. He's scored yes, so. Many, not... He's always top three golden boot, but this season, you guys are icing icing him. On, on, on wide, in, but that, that's one that's one thing Emery never did. Emery always played him through the middle. Emery always played him through yes. the middle. Emery was you a rubbish coach. I, he played through the middle, but uh, but now and he got the goals. In fact, in fact, I even believe that. In fact, not that I believe it's ob- it's obvious. If Aubameyang was not playing those games, especially down the middle, Arsenal would have been in a whole different place, probably close to relegation without Aubameyang's goals. Um, for me, I would definitely. I was just like I said. I was just answering your question. That's the only thing I can think of. Tetsu's thinking because the the in plain sight, like I said, Gabon in Gabon, there's no one else there. Bombing's main man, you know, when to put him down in the middle. Um, in, in what I would do if I was uh, there at the Arsenal manager, I would say 
Aubameyang down the middle, um, left wing output. Um, um, who's this kid now? Why am I forgetting his name? Uh, Saka. Uh, Saka, Saka, yes, Saka. Saka down the left. Yes, and then if they're playing that, if they're playing three four three, I'd play Tyranny down the the left, uh, left down the left mid. Yeah, left mid. Maybe Pepe, and then Pepe on the on the right on the right, right. wing right wing as well next to Aubameyang. But definitely Aubameyang. He lost last year to the and Arsenal every year. Arsenal, in fact, for many years now since uh, the days of uh, of Wenger, we've always had that one striker down the middle. Well, back then it was two, it was Burkamp and Henry. But now we had that one striker down the middle. After that was when Percy down the middle scores. I mean, added by you as well down the middle score us our goals. Um, but now yeah. you've, you've played our best our, our so, goal scorer down the wing. That's wasted. So for me, for me, if I'm looking at this now, um, you know, you guys, you guys, I mean, Wonga, you've said it, you're not scoring goals. Um, mm. And you've got an opportunity now against a very, a very open, an open Leeds United. Um, I mean, they've conceded eight goals in two games. Um, I mean, their risk the risk-first reward. I mean, me as a coach, I, I can't I can't understand it. Um, I know there's there's uh, Bielsa uh, followers and they they like worship the guy, but I sometimes think it's suicidal. And and they've they've been they've been shown up in the yeah. last two games. Yeah. Um, so if there's an opportunity, and you said it, Nick. I remember. Yeah, and and if you, in the beginning. You know, I promise you, the risk first reward is is great. If the, if the reward is if the reward if you get the reward, but they haven't been yeah. getting the reward. The the thing that mm. might be key for you guys is Arteta has proved that he can play out of a press, so I think he mm. can play out of their press and potentially hurt them. But on the other hand, you guys don't look like you can score goals. So it's like yeah. I don't know if it's going to be one of those dull maybe one ones or or two two. Mm. Um, mm. No, no, two two is not dull. One one or nil nil. Um, but I worry for for the fact that you're fire. You're not firing up on the other end. Um, yeah. But I mean, for Leeds United, you said it already, Wonga. Like losing losing four one two games in a row is going to be tough. And I just don't know if he's got his right system in which he knows he wants to play Bielsa. Um, I think Banford's obviously key because we know he can score goals. But then the the, the sort of Free, free uh, roles that he gives your Costas, uh, your Hernandez, your Shackletons. Uh, I mean, he, I don't know if he really knows exactly um, which is his best. And I think the loss of Calvin Phillips in the midfield has almost taken away the 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 block in front of that back four um, or back mm-hmm. three. Uh, when they've played a black, black back three, because he is the one who picks up every second ball and he can distribute well um, into the into the areas that that hurt teams and they create two v ones quite nicely. But I don't think I think they've lost that solidity in the midfield. Um, so I'm not too sure if you can if you can penetrate. I'm sure you can penetrate if you can get out the press, but yeah, is boy. there going to be a final product? Yeah, but, I, I, yeah, but you're right. Since Phillips has been out, they've 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 lost. And I see. I was just trying to actually read uh, read up on his injury. It was a shoulder injury, so he's he's back in training. So yeah, hopefully he, oh, he, he's he's out, he's out this weekend. He's only back at the end yeah. of uh, end of no no. But it says he's of... it says he started training. One thing I want to say, though, is based on everything Nick said, which I think he hit a lot of, uh, a lot of nails on the head there with what he was saying. Well, what's fun. interesting about this, this dynamic, I know in most games that hasn't been working for Leeds based on their recent form because of how Bielsa sets up, 
But if there is a side that a Bielsa setup could hurt, is an Arsenal because Arteta is very insistent in playing out from the back. And you could somewhat think that because they're playing a Leeds United in the form that they're in, he could somewhat undermine them and continue doing what he's doing. So instead of playing more defensive, how he would set up against a bigger side, so to speak, he's going to try and play more expansive, try and play more attacking. And that could be to the disadvantage of an Arsenal. If I'm a Bielsa, I'd say, well, damn it. Let me press him up front. Let me press him in the final third. And I can see what we did to Liverpool. We can probably do the same thing to an Arsenal. And I suppose that's the biggest worry for a club like, or for a side like Arsenal, especially when you're not conceding goals. And one thing Arsenal have not done this season is, apart from scoring goals, is draw a game. So interesting that you guys have thrown a draw out there. So I, I think it's going to go one way or the other. There's no one's going, they're not going to settle for a draw because that's just not in any of their natures. And I don't think Arsenal's good enough yeah. to settle for a draw at this moment in time. No, Wonga, overall, what's your feeling when we're going into this? Uh, look, I think for me, when I look at it, like I said, I see Leeds also on a, on a bad run as well. Um, but I, and as well, Arsenal, I think the biggest concern really is just scoring the goals. Leeds also have conceded the most goals in the Premier League. I think they've conceded 17 now as well. Scored more than Arsenal, yes, uh, but conceded 17. And, and if you're conceding that many goals, that's, you, 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 like, like Nick said, it's a bit... The war is not there for sure, hundred um, percent, and that's why I think Arsenal. I think will, given they put the yes, they must they stop. It's not working. They must put uh, a bombing down the middle. That's where he needs to be. Put him down the middle, and we will win our games. I promise. We'll, we'll probably get get the goals at least. The goals won't be won't be dry. Um, yeah. And I think I would like to also see William play. Um, yeah. More, uh, more behind the strikers or behind those but, those forwards. But, but, your, but your formation doesn't allow currently. That's the problem is that your formation is, is a three-four-three. Three. So in it, in it, sometimes, and, sometimes it's a four-three-three. Yeah, three. And he plays with Shaka. Okay, but how many times three-four-three? Three? Probably like once, twice. I'm saying like he plays yeah. and either Shaka and Alneni or Alneni and Partey. Or Sabayo sometimes if if he if he remembers that Sabayo is actually playing for 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 Arsenal, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm, so, so yeah, like, yeah, I know what you're saying. William hasn't done much since having assist against Fulham. Against yeah, oh yeah, that's, yeah. That lot that's of, lot of lot of things Fulham, there. And Fulham was is, 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 that's the thing, and we said it before. The Fulham was was a they they played. Bad. So it wasn't, and it was probably a good assessment. Um, that game that we played, we just played a bad team. Um, everyone was looking hot, but the team was just horrible. Yeah. yeah. Guys, next one is the one I've got to introduce myself here is the Liverpool versus Leicester. We know this whole international, you know, I've been on this whole international rant, and I think it's the first time ever that a side has had so many injuries at the stage of the career, uh, at the stage of the league. Wow. I think it's 17. Injury in total, just alone from this weekend of this international break, they've had four first-team players come back that aren't available. Um, in total, jeepers, you've got a long list. Even one of the academy boys, the guys that um, had his, made his debut in the Champions League. Sorry, I'm adjusting my, my screen there. Rice Williams is injured as well. With a lot of them, not even knowing when they're going to return. I think there's only three players where they're kind of hoping they're going to make, a, make an appearance for, for the Sunday. The rest, there's no, there's no certainty. Long-term injuries. It's, it's, a bit of a, it's a bit of a crazy situation. Nick, when we're looking at a Leicester right now being on the top of the log, facing a Liverpool in this seemingly, you could argue, weakened position, are you not yeah. licking your lips if you're Brendan Rodgers? I, 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 <laughs> yeah, I think personally, I mean, there, there's probably not... 
there's probably not a better time to to be playing at Liverpool. I think in terms of what he can put together, I think the squad sort of, or the starting eleven sort of makes up itself. I think uh, he was speaking, um, well, they were speaking today about the fact that uh, Robertson came through his his last game with with Scotland um, injury free, which is which is a positive, especially in the defensive um, the defensive line for you. But I think if I'm Brendan Rodgers um, and you play in a, a hard working team uh, that that Klopp sort of sets up and his team works hard, they press you. Um, I think this might suit them. Um, I think Marcus is speaking about Vardy. If you've got Barnes, you've got their pace, um, their pace and power of, of of being able to absorb teams and, and hit you on the counter. Um, against the sort of back four that he might play that might not really know how to play together, um, which shouldn't really be an excuse. But, um, you know, Liverpool are based on... Their success has been based on consistency and everyone sort of working for their manager. And unfortunately, you've had a lot of injuries um, uh, to, to deal with illnesses. And, and I think this might work to Brendan Rodgers. Um, not many teams want to play Liverpool, but, you know, if he's going to play one of the title challengers, if you want to call Leicester a title challenger, um, you know, if Brendan Rodgers wants to play one of them, this is probably the best time to do it because I wouldn't like to play a Liverpool at any point in the season if they're full, if they're full strength. Um, but the, play, the, the, the lineup, the, the likes of um, your, your Jotas, who's, who's, who's still available, you know, there's players in that starting eleven that you will feel that will cause trouble for, for Leicester. So I wouldn't write a Liverpool off. It's going to be a, it's going to be a great game um, and, and one that I'm looking forward to. But I think Brendan Rodgers, as we know, tactically very astute. And I think he might just, how he's done against a, a Leicester, which I, I, I watched... Uh, very eagerly, and, and also against Arsenal, he he likes to he likes to sit in. Um, but when they break, they are so devastated. And uh, if know, they've got the funny, funny you say that. Yeah, funny you say that. Just so you guys know, right now, I mean, we all know it, it shouldn't come as a surprise to you that Leicester have now broken the record with the most penalties given at this stage in the Premier League. They're currently sitting on eight for eight, eight for eight. And the irony is that. Um, the irony through all of this is that Brendan Rodgers come out saying, no, we play a, attacking football. So, you know, we take advantage of getting penalties in the box because we know how to get a lot of touches. When you're going deep and diving into the stats, they've had in terms of touches in the box and chances created within the box, they've got one of the lower uh, statistics surrounding that sort of fact, which is very interesting. So it just shows you how crucial the break is for them. And that's where they're getting all these things apart from dodgy handballs, et cetera, et cetera. So that's very interesting. Um, I think, and, uh, yep. I think in terms of, and I'm speaking about him again, I spoke about him already, but that 19-year-old centre-back that they've got for Fana is, Close. and I was going to suggest, you know, uh, you know, Claudio, well, you guys Arsenal are ended up with Saliba. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, but listen, but listen, Saliba is good. It's just Arteta's not using him. Yeah, but I mean, if I talk about a full-time, oh, and I was speaking, I was uh, listening today to, to the Kelly and Wrighty show on the Premier channel. Um, they've got a French journalist, uh, Rich, you might know him, uh, that they bring on to the Premier League programs now and again. But he speak, he was speaking about Fofana and, and he's obviously got his connections within the French Federation and don't write him off for making for making the Euros, uh, the Euro squad. So he's he's looking really good, uh, a great prospect for French football. And he's, I mean, starting at the team that's top of the log and he's 19 years old. Um, so... Yeah, I'm interested to see how he does against the Diego Jota. Nick, the other thing is with, with France right right now. 
is they are blessed, blessed, blessed with centre-backs. They centre-back, they, they've got centre-backs for days, literally left-footers, right-footers. Um, they've got Fofana, they've got, um, you know, they got they got um, the guy who plays for Sevilla, Kunde. Um, he's quite short, but, but he's quite a great centre-back. Man City tried to sign him. Um, they've got a, a Monaco left-sided centre-back. They've got, or they got so many centre backs. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and I, for fun is the same. It's just unfortunate Arsenal is not using their young prodigy because Saliba broke into the. Hold on, hold on, Silo. I'm going to cut you off right there. I'm actually, yeah. I don't care right now. But also, I want to talk about the team that yeah. doesn't have any centre backs, and that's Liverpool. Liverpool so, they don't have any centre backs right now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to come to that point now and 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 say and say actually, um, if if everyone's wondering why that Claudio's background looks quite interesting and so forth. Claudio right now is actually in the UK. Um, he's just taking a break from training with Klopp. Um, he's going to be playing centre-back this weekend. Um, he signed the contract. Emergency. He said he sent his videos from, 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 you know, from, from his, tax, his, tax, his tax days and he's ready. The only problem with that is he's got a, a niggling hamstring injury. Um, so I'm sure if he'll make it for, for the game. Yeah, and the, the way in which I got that niggling hamstring injury was because I, I was struggling to say that. Um, was because I was um, late for my flight and I actually pulled a hammy trying to get onto the plane. Um, but interesting, when, when we're looking at the setup, I think this whole, obviously on paper, this is an absolute curse. Everyone's going, ah, you know, Liverpool and big shit. The irony through all of this, and you know me, I love seeing the glass half full, is this actually plays into a Jurgen Klopp 100%. There's this huge unpredictability aspect now lying within the team and how he's going to set them up and how, they, how he's going to play. And if I had to think really strategically, I think it puts someone like Brendan Rodgers, who already overthinks certain things from time to time, under a little bit more pressure because the expectation is they're on top of the log and they should be coming away with the victory now because seemingly Liverpool are weakened. And that's, that for me is where I get excited. I can probably say that I'm leaning yeah. towards a Liverpool win because of that. Just that win. But if we're looking I mean, through the, uh, yeah, yeah. If you can, if you can get a, if you can win, you know, if you can win under these circumstances, you know, you're gonna say to yourself, you're honestly gonna say to yourself as a Liverpool fan, we're gonna go do it again, because if we can do it with a depleted squad like that against the, te- the, the team that's on top of the log, you know, who can really stop us? So I, I agree for you. I agree with you, Claudia. You know, you should. You should, and Klopp will embrace the challenge, and that's what he's going to tell his players. He's going to tell the young boys that are going to start. I mean, I reckon Curtis Jones is a great, a great chance to start in the midfield. You know, you know, they've got nothing to lose. You know, they're young. I mean, the, the squad's depleted. It's not their starting eleven. They're saying, you know, you're playing for the best team in England. Go out there and show them why, you, why you're in the squad of the best team in England. Um, yeah. So I agree with you. I agree with you, Claudio. And I, I, I've been watching. I've been watching the training because I'm a Liverpool member, guys. Just just in case you don't know, so I get extra footage. And I've been watching the the footage of them tra- of them training. And you know, one of the you things see has come up. Uh, you see yourself. No, I was in the physio room. I was in the physio room <laughs> under, like Scott said, under quarantine, unfortunately. So no, I didn't get to meet any of the academy players. But one of, one of the things that Jurgen Klopp has come out saying is he's so excited to have all these youngsters in training. And it's amazing watching them coming through. And that's one of the, the incentives from them moving from Malwood to the AXA training center in Kirkby was so that they could have a sort of a, a joint setup where you've got your academy players that are super close to the first team players. And it almost feels attainable to them. And I feel like in any club, that should be an important step 
or something that they should take on because okay. when when these things are distant it feels like you know that dream is too far and it feels unrealistic so i'm very happy with that but apart from that fact um exactly jones might be playing we've got um the boy who's just done well scored again for the Netherlands, my boy Genie, who's come in and he's been bossing. He always bosses for the Netherlands. So what's quite interesting is without a Hendo and without a Van Dijk, you're going to see his leadership qualities come through on the weekend. No doubt. He's going to have to play and he's going to have to lead from the middle. You've also yeah. got, you know, whether or not Fabinho or Thiago fit, that we're going to hear tomorrow in the news conference, um, that might change things Kater. up a little bit. Yeah, Kate is definitely, he has to have a go. But what I like about it is, depending on my yeah, so he doesn't play for Cameroon anymore, so he he stayed behind. Yeah, exactly. He gave that up long time ago because he realized how shit it was. There's more chance of him playing on an African field, yeah, getting injury, twisting an ankle, than it is actually just staying at home, getting paid, and you know actually playing. And he's stayed, already injury prone. It's good that he stayed behind, man. They want African Cup nations out, and they didn't need him. So yeah, but they carry on. No, 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 no. Matip's a good boy. Leave, leave him alone. Um, but anyway, so, so Matip. So I wanted to talk about that. So whether or not uh, Fabinho plays with him. What's Phillips that plays with Matip? I like the challenge for Matip because now he's got to take charge. He's got to be the leader. He does have it in him deep down, I think. You know, I think he can do it. But what's what's one thing when we're taking out of Van Dijk and we're taking out of Gomez, what we don't have is pace now. That's we do not have. So when we're looking at the setup, you know, we might sit deeper. And again, that's a different challenge for Brendan Rodgers, who likes setting up sitting deeper and catching teams on the counter when he plays a bigger side. So there's a lot of unpredictability for, for Brendan Rodgers. And that, for me, is what's playing down the alley. And that's where I'm getting excited. And if Thiago oh, yeah. shows up, at least we've got someone playing, playing the balls. But that is one thing we're going to be missing now, is if he doesn't play, Trent's not playing. So the switching of play is going to be absent. We know uh, Van Dijk's not playing. So being able to pick a long pass isn't there as well. So if Phillips does play, we know his long passes are shocking. But he's good at winning the ball in the box. Um, so, and that's, yeah. that's pretty... Yeah, sorry, Wonga. Yeah. Yeah, no, I was going to say, like, again, I agree with you on how, I don't repeat anything you said, but um, I think, for me, I think that the challenge there for Liverpool, I don't think it'll be up front. Yeah, they're missing one or two players. I think the challenge for them, just just like the seasons before they won the league, would be in that defence. Um, that's where they got it right, and that's how they won the league before. I mean, last season, they played with pretty much of the same back four every single game. No one got injured. And now all of them are gone. It's completely different person. I mean, completely different people in, in each position. Um, hopefully, they still get uh, <laughs> Allison in goals. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah, no, no. Allison's yeah, there. Gonna, Allison's <laughs> there. Stop disrespecting Adrian, man. He's the coach. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, you guys joking gonna... about Adrian. Sorry, sorry, Nick. Huh? No, well, saying... I was going to say, yeah, go for it. No, I was saying Adrian, you know, he's he's. Absolutely shocking when he's on the field, but he's a hell of a trainer. I'm not gonna lie, he's a really good trainer. When you're watching him in training, I'm like, holy shit, is this even the same player? He just doesn't have BMT, yeah. so he's a great squad player, and you need those. Yeah, you need those. yeah. I think, yeah. um, speaking about squad players, I think James Milner's gonna have to step up, and I think that's sort of, um, that sort of uh, cap the leadership qualities that you get from Van Dyke and, and Henderson, you'll get from you'll get from James Milner, you know, he is a bit part player now. Because of his age, but I mean, he's he's probably arguably one of the fittest players that you guys have um, yeah. at, at the age of what the ripe old age of what 34, 35. So yeah. I think I mean uh, he he might slot in 
I don't know, where would you play? Maybe at right back or, or, or in the midfield? Yeah, midfield I think against Leicester, yeah. Leicester you probably, you're definitely going to have to play him at right back. Nico Williams, yeah. fantastic player, but I think if he's yeah. starting the game, I think someone like Vardy is going to rip a hole, like rip a new yeah, one there. I think problem, I, I, yeah. 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 The one, one thing I do like, one thing I do like is that um, in Liverpool, even though despite all these absences, you've mentioned Ola and you've, I've mentioned Genie, is that, in a different shape or form, we've got different leaders, something that United are lacking and other clubs are lacking. And that's what Klopp has been able to do. He's been able to empower all these players that they all feel like they're leader, especially when one isn't there, another one can step up. Um, and that moves me over to the next one. Guys, our last topic for the day, one that I want to see people's predictions. We are on to the predictions. So with that being said, let's hear them. We're going to move from Silo. We're then going to go to Nick, Rich, and then Wonga, and then we'll end off with me. So first game... Chelsea, Newcastle, what are the predictions there, lads? Uh, the predictions are, oh, man. I think, I think because Chelsea are, 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 are bad travellers to the northeast, um, I'm going to give it a 1 1. Um, I'm going to give my boy Nick a chance to, um, for this weekend. Um, his team has basically stayed at home. Um, you know, Wilson is there, um, Darlow is at home. You know, they, they, none of them travelled. Um, you know, so I think a 1-1 draw, um, you know, maybe Andy Carroll, um, 82nd minute um, header uh, coming coming in. So, yeah, 1-1 draw in the northeast. Yeah, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with um, a 2-1 win for Newcastle United. Uh, going to be optimistic. I say quite quietly optimistic. I just think... I just think whenever Chelsea come, there's there's an awkwardness when they arrive. There's an awkward they, they just don't show up. I'm not necessarily saying Newcastle are better. We 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 outplay them, but I, I just there's an awkwardness. Um, it's either going to go that way or it's going to be completely what Scott's saying right now. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, Scotty, I'll get you as my assistant, lad. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I, I um, I'm going to go with a two-one win. I think. We do a performance where we actually show up because the last two we just haven't showed up. So um, I think if Shelby's fit, because Shelby has been training through the through the international break, I think he could give us another dimension in the midfield. Um, and then Wilson, there's always a chance. Uh, there's always a chance for 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 something. So uh, let's see. Um, I'm going to go two one win for for the Magpies. Um. I think it's going to be 2-1 win to Chelsea. Um, they're just playing such good football at the moment. Everyone's ticking over really well. They're hitting great form. As Nick said, they do struggle when they have to travel up to Newcastle, but I just feel like there's just a bit too much in their tank at the moment. I think it'll be a tight game and Newcastle will probably score, but I think Chelsea will just have too much. So I'm going to say 2-1. Yeah, I'll give it a 3-1 to, to, to Chelsea. Come on, Monga, man. Yeah. <laughs> You're letting uh, Nick down, Ons. You're letting him down. Uh, no, I thought about it. I mean, no ways. I can't see it opening. I can see. I can see Newcastle scoring a goal because uh, Chelsea aren't also the greatest at the back. Um, they have got a good keeper as well. That's why I don't think they will score more than uh, more than two. But um, yeah, I think Chelsea yeah. in the day. Maybe first off, guys will be struggling a bit. But come second off, bang, bang, bang. Thanks for coming. <laughs> Three points you know, in the bag. You know what I would say? Like, Newcastle know how to frustrate the bigger sides. We've seen them do it against the Spurs. 
The only concern I have for me is right now, Chelsea seem to be hitting the sort of stride. And with Ziyech there and Badner scoring, I think, I don't know if they're going to be able to hold out. Maybe, maybe first off it'll be nil-nil. But I think maybe, you know, I want to go with Newcastle, Nick. I want to give it to your side. Do you but want me to take to you just... out for a beer? Yeah. I'm taking Silo out already. So you might be careful here. They can't see it, man. They can't, they can't see it. They can't see it, man. I don't know yeah. why. Hey, yeah. So, uh, you know, let's, let's, you know what? Let's go with the 2 1 win to Newcastle. Let's do that. Yes, there we go. All right. <laughs> he, he wants his beer. <laughs> I want that beer, but he's bribed me. You know, in South Africa, we love our corruption. Next game Spurs versus Man City. Spurs versus Man City. Hello. Spurs, Man City. Oh, what a tough one, man. Um, oh, man. I think, I think I'll give it to Man City um, just because. Um, they seem to have gotten their in order. They just um, the missing pieces is uh, is, is Walker um, on the right on the right hand side, uh, but otherwise the, the rest of the defense is looking good. Um, and their players played well actually in the international break. Um, Ruben Diaz got two goals uh, for Portugal. Um, Rodri scored for for Spain. Um, yeah, I mean I think let, let, let me give it to 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 Man City two one. Um, I'm going to go with Spurs. I think um, they just have too much at the moment. I think their form is obviously speaking volumes. Um, I think a win for Mourinho is going to do his team wonders. And I think um, the loss for City is just going to show what a job that Pep has to actually realise that he has to rebuild now. Um, and I, I don't write them out of the title challenge, but I think he needs to start thinking of plan B's, C's and D's. Um, because right now, um, as we can see, sitting 10th on the log is not, uh, it's not where they should be. But I think Spurs, um, I'll go with a 2-1 win for, for Spurs. Um, I'm going to go with Selo on this one. I'm going to back City. I, I think it's going to be a really tight game and there's going to be two tactical masterminds going head-to-head, -head, but I just feel like Pep has really pinpointed this game as a must-win for, for City's season. And as as he mentioned uh, earlier, they've got players that have done really well in the international break. So I'm going to go 2-1 City. It's going to be a tight one, but our back City Foden's looking good as well. So yeah, 2-1. Yeah, I think... Uh, yeah, like, I agree with what Richard said as well, but I also think um, Muno's thinking the same thing as well for him as well to... Um, if he's wanting to make this a league for win the league for Tottenham, he has to win it. It's not nice saying it as an Arsenal fan, but uh, yeah, they do look hot at the moment. And I, I mean, they've got the, they've got. I mean, if they get Bell clicking, if this is the game that he's um, step up, steps up in, then yes, it's got they've got a problem, Man City on their hands. Um, so yeah, I'll give the win to Man City, and I would say it's three-one to them. Can yeah, I look can it. I just jump in there about Bale quickly? I mean, to, to Tottenham, to Tottenham. Sorry, oh, sorry. He wanted to Tottenham. Have you see him watching uh, the, the Masters? Hey? Yeah. Yeah. Wong Wong is, when is gone when he was yeah, when he was in the stands, Nick. Yeah, on his iPad. Bale, Claudio. Yeah, the man was watching the Masters and his laptop while Wales were playing, and he was in the stands. And then Wales, Wales, Kane gave him about it. Wales, Wales were playing uh, the USA. Yeah, and, and it's, like, it's not serious. Cool. Not serious. And, and also, you know, it. he's come out now saying today because Doherty is not he's not playing because he's got COVID, and he's come out saying now all of a sudden he's worried 
because he had a close interaction with him. So I, I wouldn't even be surprised that he doesn't even go for a test, but he rules himself out of Sunday's game saying he's got COVID so he can watch the Masters, to be honest. Um, but yeah, so... <laughs> just, he's going to he's gonna watch a Joburg Open. <laughs> <laughs> he goes along. Um, you'll be here next time. <laughs> yeah, but, um, you'll be here today. One, one thing yeah. I want to point out before I give my prediction is that um, City right now actually have one of their worst stats in terms of touches in the box and chances taken. So for me, that sits perfectly for Mourinho. He knows how to frustrate sides as well. He's going to sit deep. And technically speaking, if we've got to look at a result, Mourinho is not afraid to walk away at the point and tell everyone to piss off because he's happy that he stopped the City, regardless of where they are on the table. He's going to say, hey, you know, that, that taking a point away from City, that's enough for us to push forward. So for me, it's either going to be a draw, it's going to go a Spurs victory, but I think let's, I'm going to lean towards the, the Nick. Uh, uh, son down the, the takeaway or breakaway takeaway. Jesus, son takeaway. I feel like that's a franchise there in the UK you can open or at least in Asia somewhere. Then, son takeaway right now, coming down the wing. Giving you a nice burger. Sorry, yeah, anyway. I, 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 my point is, I think Son's going to nick it and it's going to be a 2-1 win to a Spurs. Um, hey, Claudio, next game. Wait, before, yes, yeah. before you start, move on. Does anyone know um, um, Aguero's situation? Because for me, Aguero is also... If he's starting, that's also a big game changer. I know. He's, 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 he can't start, guys. He's overweight. He's overweight. He's overweight, firstly. And he was injured, so... But the yeah. guy's on Twitch. He's a gaming sensation now. I think he's doing better as a gamer than he is as a footballer, to be honest. Yeah. playing he should, FIFA. He should, uh, I think, he should go back. I think he's, he's just transitioning now. Yeah, I think he is. For that's the new post, post-football career has become a gamer. Because you've already got the following. It makes sense. Next game. Yeah. Sheffield-West Ham. Celo? Don't, oh. upset, don't upset Richard. Hmm. <laughs> He's even I thinking actually, about it. I, I, I actually feel it's going to be a draw. A 1 1 draw, actually. You know why? Because Sheffield need um, something. Like they need something. You know, they need something. They're crying out for something. And there's no Antonio. You know, if Antonio was playing, you know, I'd be, you know, crying like how. How, how Claudio cries, you know, about, about him and how, how great of a player he is in the best, one of the best players in the Premier League. Uh, but he's not there. So I say 1-1 one, one, um, Sheffield and, and, and West Ham, yeah. I think it's going to be a dogged uh, dogged fight. I think it's going to be 0-0 to 80 minutes. I think Rich you will get the, the goal in the end. Maybe a penalty, maybe a, a classy free kick. I don't think it's going to be the nicest game to watch. Um because I think a point for Sheffield United is will be good for them, um, uh, you know, seeing sort of West, Ham, West, West Ham's form. So, you know, they might even just sit in and, and, and try to take the point and try just sort of accumulate what they can. But I think uh, West Ham should have enough, but I don't think it'll be a great game to watch. But we're used to that, eh, Rich? Oh, yeah, 100%. 100%. <laughs> it's going to be scrappy. Chris Wilder's going to have them set up uh, to try and nick, nick, nick like a 1-0 win or something. But I have to back my boys. Um, we've, we've had a really tough run of games for, from the start of the season up until now. And this is where we can start cashing in. So for me, it's a must win. I think we'll, we'll take it 2-1. We'll probably concede a goal, but I think we've got enough in the tank. Our lads have come back from international break, scored a couple of goals. Decker's scored, Suchek scored, Kufal assist. Everyone's been jamming. Hala scored. So yeah, we're feeling good. Hammer's going to take it. Nice. Yeah, I think 
Yeah, I agree with I agree with you guys on that one. Um, uh, I I think I also see West Ham um, taking the win there as well, two uh, one, and I think it's also. I must <laughs> Thanks, Scott. Them. I, I don't call Marcus sh- out for going quiet. He's put us on mute, guys. I'm telling you, Marcus has just like left the thing playing and he's taking a dump somewhere. I don't know. Sorry, <laughs> what were you saying? Yeah, no, I think I thought, uh, Sheffield as well. They've you know they've they've been very. I mean, at least West Ham have picked up points. I mean, they've won games, but I mean, you know, um, you know, they've been um, what's it? Uh, Sheffield, you know, it's just that they, I don't think they can, I don't think they can win the game um, against West Ham. This is probably the time to prove it. But again, uh, they 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 down in the bottom. I expect West Ham to to win it. Not a clean game. Not a not a not a nice game to watch. But yeah, I think West Ham will get out of it with the three points. Uh, I think two 0 I would say the score. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. This man's a developer. He's busy coding and he's got us in the background. But I'm glad we can be that that white noise for you, um, Marcus. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, no, I'm I'm actually leaning towards Sheffield. I'm saying Sheffield's going to win one 0 and Brewster's going to make his score. And he's he's going to score, break his duck. Why not? He's a Liverpool boy after all. I've got to back my boy. Next game, Celo Leeds Arsenal. Wait, where's, where's Man United, man? Oh, did you know they're not on my radar ever? So I've got to skip that one. Sorry. <laughs> Go with that one. Go with that one. Yeah, I mean, like, where's Man United? They play on Saturday. Uh, Man United. 4 <laughs> um, yeah. 0 to Man United. Um, ah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, the boys, the boys need to um, prove that they actually are serious about actually um, doing something this season. Um, but yeah, if, 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 if they don't score, one goal, um, and I'm, I'll be like bitterly disappointed. Um, if it's just a, a one nil win, I'll be very sad. Um, but yeah, four nil. I've, I've I've reorganized my Saturday so that I can make sure that I can watch the game. Um, Want to see some goals? Um, I liked what I what I saw from some certain players in, in the break. So yeah, four nil. I'm United. Yeah, I think um, I see. I, I'm loving the I'm loving the banter with the stadium. I'm loving the bro bets, eh? Yeah, but um, I think Man United should have enough. Um, I think uh, a conventional two 0 win um, put more misery in, in and probably another nail in in Bilic's coffin um, after this weekend. So, yeah, I think it should be a conventional win. As I said, it should be, but you know anything is possible with Oli at the wheel. Yeah. 2-0 for for Man United win. I think this is going to be be a goal fest for United. Honestly, I can see this being 4-5. You know, West Brom have got an aging defence. They have Ivanovic there. He's so far past it. I think this is going to be a runaway game for United. I reckon they can cash in. I'm going to say 4-0. West Brom won't score. Yeah, same. Yeah, I'd also say exactly four, no, five, possibly even. I, I, I don't see. Choose one, longer. Uh, okay, I'll choose five. <laughs> but this, I don't is, see... this is the problem with Arsenal as well. They're just not sure where to commit, and that's why they're not hitting the target. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I don't see. I, I don't see West Brom even. Yeah, scoring a goal or even causing a problem. Maybe VAR can save them and get them one in, but yeah, I don't see that. Yeah, I've got to, I mean, I've got to really just back West Brom. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going I'm to say to look at Zillow's face. 
I'm going to go over West Ham, a West Ham, a West Ham, a West Brom. I can't even get the damn name right. It's been a long day for me. I'm going to go with a, a West Brom victory. See, like, my, even my brain's saying, dude, are you honestly believing the shit you're talking right now? No, 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 no. Okay, I'm going to I'm gonna go with a United 2-0 win. Next game, Leeds versus Arsenal. This is a good one. This is a tricky one. Yeah. yeah it's not I tricky. Think, it's not tricky. I, straightforward, I think, guys. I think, I think this one... Um, Bielsa would have had the international break to sort out some of the, the rubbish that we're doing in the last two games. So I see a 2-1 victory against Arsenal. So did Oteta, Oteta also had time to fix up his nonsense? What are you guys saying? Leeds, um, <laughs> Leeds are at home, right? I think, yeah, Leeds yeah, are at home. Yeah, home. Uh, I, I think, I, think it, I, I see a draw. I see a draw. I see a 1-1 draw. Um, I think they're going to cancel each other out. I know you say, Claudia, they're going to sort of go for it, hull and leather, but I see a, I see a, a cancellation of, of two styles. Um, or probably the, the same sort of style, um, but with poor defence, but also playing off a poor attacking uh, sort of strategy from Arsenal. So I see a 1-1 draw. Yeah, I completely agree with Nick. I think they're going to cancel each other out. 1-1 one, one draw. Um, both, both clubs kind of struggling a little bit at the moment. A bit up and down. So, yeah, I think they're going to cancel each other out. 1-1. One, one. No ways. <laughs> Arsenal, though. I, Arsenal, 2-0 to Arsenal. That's what's going to happen. I don't... No, I, I, you think? Huh? So, Arsenal wins a 1-0. No. Arsenal? Arsenal can't score more than one goal. Right, uh, right now, goal. yes. There's always time to change, guys. There's always time. Um, I believe in my team. I believe in Arteta. Um, I think Leeds also Leeds are on a, on a bad run themselves. I think they've also got a lot to prove. Yes, um, uh, uh, Bielsa's got uh, he's got that. I don't think he's worried much about it, but now he knows that uh, he hasn't lost in a row, and you know, it depends how they respond to that. So I think, and also Arsenal, I don't think there's much pressure on them as well. To win the game, but geez, they, 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 I, I, I truly believe that uh, this is a, probably a turning point for them. Um, but pretty much, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna, <laughs> but yeah, I think, um, yeah, I, I, I'll go for Arsenal 100%. Do you know, we want, we want, I want it, um. Okay. And I think we can get it, yeah. You want it, but do the do the boys in the change room want it as badly as you do, Wonga? That's the question. I'm going to go with the Leeds 3-1 win. I know he does. I think uh, Mesut Ozil wants it. Poor guys. He's still doing pull-ups from three weeks ago. <laughs> watch the managers that, that he doesn't like. Germany loses. He's like, bring back Jerome Bo- Boateng. You know what I mean? He's just literally watching all these managers. He's just laughing. Like, ah, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Now, now on to the last one, the Liverpool Leicester game. And just before we give our predictions, I just want to say, Marcus, the only English lessons I need are watching the league champions win on the weekend. So that's that's where I'll be learning my English. Celo, what, what do you think the prediction is going to be for the weekend? <laughs> yeah, I think I think I think you know we, we shouldn't underestimate like Liverpool still got their t- attacking force um, um, for this game. Um, you know, Firmino. Has scored three goals in three games for 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 Brazil, except for this last game. Uh, so uh, three and four uh, for Brazil, which, is, which has been good for him. Um, and obviously Jota has, yeah, I mean Jota's been on form. So I think 
Um, even saying all of that, it'll be a 1-1 draw. Um, just because I'm not 100% sure about a Matip and uh, um, what's his, what's his centre-back's name? Phillips. 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 But Fabinho will probably be fit. I'm going to wait tomorrow to hear. To hear. Okay, so, yeah, so a Phillips and a, and a Matip centre-back partnership is quite slow and a Harvey Barnes and a Vardy will just run past them, you know what I mean? Play on the last man and, and the balls will be over the top. Tillemans, Tillemans has been on fire for Belgium. He scored two goals in two games, passing the midfield for Belgium. Um, so, yeah, I think it's going to be a 1-1 draw. I agree with the draw part, but I see a lot of goals. I think uh, at back four, I'm a bit worried about Claudia. I think you will concede, but I do see you scoring yourself. So, I'm going to go with a 2-2. Quite a, quite a goal fest. I think an exciting game. Um, and I think you guys will cancel each other out. Um, yeah, that's mine. Uh, I'm going to go with Leicester on this one. I think there's also going to be goals. I say 3-2 Leicester. I just feel like they know how to play away from home. They did it against City. They played the perfect game. And Rodgers is going to do the exact same thing this time around. And he wants to get one over on Liverpool. They did him dirty. Claudia's face, man. It, I'm, it's just, worse. I'm just listening to it's, this, and it's, I'm like, it's, I can't. It's worse, it's worse <laughs> with the moustache, man. It's so, it's so bad with the moustache. It looks like it looks like it looks like Hitler doing like, you know, like a. <laughs> Bro, Hitler. I don't know. That's okay. I don't know. They're like we, we are uncut generally, but to know we can't throw that sorry, name sorry, out there. Sorry, sorry, sorry for that. Sorry for that. Sorry for that. Sorry for that. Sorry, 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 sorry for the viewers. Sorry for all the viewers. Sorry, sorry, it was a bad taste. <laughs> Sorry, Can we delete that? <laughs> no, it's live. It's up there. Continue. Uh, no. Um, <laughs> I'm going 100%. I'm going for Leicester. 100% going for Leicester. Um, uh, I think uh, with um, uh, what's his name? I think with the, the defense of Liverpool not being up to standard, I think they might just have the same problems they had before. And I mean, these guys obviously have been trained together for a while, but it's it's the Large part of these wins of theirs from last year and the domin and the dom- and the and the domination they had was the the back four of Trent, Van Dyke, um, Gomez, uh, and whoever uh, all Mat- all coming in and and Rob and Robertson on the other side. So I I I, I don't think they hold it up. And I think again putting also what Richard said. Um, hopefully uh, Brendan Rodgers' desire has got a bit more reason to win this one. Um, than uh, than than Klopp does, but yeah, yeah, Claudia's. Uh, oh yeah, the score. Sorry, uh, two two. Yo, there'll be a lot of score. I say three two two Leicester. Three two to Leicester. <laughs> Check this out, uh, Wonga. Look clear, uh, carefully. <laughs> Read the fine print. Marcus has said, Wonga, this must be the first time you have made your own prediction. Guys, <laughs> <laughs> next next time, we'll, next time, we'll, next time, we'll, next time we we'll do predictions, we must start with Wonga. It started longer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I, I think regardless of what happens on the weekend, it's a win-win for Liverpool. I think if they come out with a victory, um, you know, it just makes it it's a better position for the club to be in. If they come out with a loss, everyone will be like, ah, well, they've got a lot of injuries. It's fine. They can always bounce back from this. So either way, it doesn't matter. But for me, guys, it's going to be absolutely mental. I think it's going to be a 4-2 victory to Liverpool. Jota is going to get a hat-trick and icing on the cake is going to be Bobby Firmino. No look goal. Bobby! That's that's what I'm going with. You can't score. <laughs> and watch, he's going to score at the cop end. He's going to score at the he cop end. He can't score at Anfield. That's true. 
Yeah. Well, has he? Did he score the other day, or is he still not broken his duck? He scored. He scored. He scored. He scored. He scored. Oh, okay. Okay. Fair but, enough. Fair enough. But don't forget, hey, he's still trying to chase Jota. Jota's played a quarter of the games, but with more goals, eh? Look, I actually think uh, before we go, I actually think well, something I forgot to mention is this is a bit of a blessing in disguise because the conversation's been, the conversation's been drop Bobby, bring in Jota, and yeah. I for one think that Jota and Bobby are going to do something on the weekend. I think they're going to hit some sort of chemistry that we've never seen before. I think Salah is going to actually be getting nervous on the bench there because of the shit partying at a wedding. He's going to be like, damn it, why did I party with all my cousins? He's going to start regretting that because I think there's something in the, those two. They're both really smart players. I think Jota's, you see the best of Jota when he is playing on the right-hand side because he scored that, that hat-trick in Champions League and that's the position he is playing. So just watch, watch out for that space. If that happens, you're going to have the last laugh because I think no one went with the Liverpool win except for you. Even the comments, I see so you'll have the last laugh if that works out. You know, I enjoy laughing by myself. It's all good. It's all good. I'll, I'll send you guys all a voice note. That's, that's what I'll do. Um, on that note, guys, thank you for joining me today. Thank you. This is a wrap of the pre-match muti. Any final words before we head out, lads? Actually, no, I, just, I, 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 just, I just want to say thanks to, to Marcus and Scott and Jason um, and uh, who else did I miss? James, you know, and 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 and, and Nicholas Kilas, Nicholas Kilas, Jason, and and Musa, and Musa for for tuning in, you know, I mean, and uh, who else? (laughs) Jones, you know, I mean, yeah, man, uh, it's great. Um, uh, Scott, you must come to South Africa, um, and yeah, so we can have some fun in the sun. Uh, Ah, this as well. Oh, Alex, you know, I mean. It's Steve Bruce. We trust you'll see a masterclass on the weekend. He's gonna outsmart oh, uh, Frank Lampard. He's gonna <laughs> sit in, and we're gonna we're gonna get something. Trust me, lads. <laughs> Away the lads. Da, off the top four. Off the top four, and Shaka to Inter, guys. It's gonna happen. Ericsson coming in. You, you know what you need to do, Wonga, is You need to print his name on the back and have it delivered to his house, and say, "Please, just go, just go." Blood <laughs> <laughs> from Wonga. I will support him. I'll be into support if he goes. Cheers, everybody. Thanks, Scott, for tuning in. Enjoy the training. Cheers, everybody else. Uh, Alex, Scott, Marcus, Jason, Nick, and everyone else who joined in. Thank you very much. We appreciate you. We'll see you guys on Tuesday. All right, bye. Cheers. Out.